Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. We started last week's service with a verse, and I want to start the exact same verse again this week. And it's Romans 12 and 2, and it says this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you behave. Is that what it says? Nobody's paying attention. What does it say? By the way, you think. Right? We're not changing behavior. We're working on changing the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. I think there's a lot of us that may have spent a lot of our church years trying to, to change our behavior, and then we wonder why we keep running into walls. We wonder if, if I do this or if I do that, this would be the right thing, and then everything will go okay. Right? If I could just get my husband to go to that marriage conference, then everything will be fine. Well, the behavior doesn't do it. It's the thinking, right? It's, it's the mindset. And so I, I want to show you a, a picture, and I'm curious, is there anybody, anybody has a closet that looks like this? Anybody? A couple people have a closet like that? What's, what's crazy about a closet like that is, uh, and, and you've probably done this, if you have a closet like that, it'll be months later, and you'll decide to dig in the closet a little bit, and you go, oh my gosh, I forgot we even had this. You ever done that scenario? Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about closets today, but what I do want to talk about is, is, if you have one of these, you're okay, I'm not calling you a sinner today, all right? What it's not okay to have is to have a life that looks like this. Because when we have a life that looks like this, because here, it's, it's that time of year again. I, I, I did a little bit of research and I was fascinated because I had a thought and then I confirmed it. Uh, but I started thinking about it. Do you realize that August and September are more of a new year than January is? When you think about it, right? What's starting? School starting. Snowbirds come back. The roads start getting busy, right? right? No longer seven minutes to Rural King. It's now 17 minutes to Rural King, right? Business picks up. Come on, somebody. We have the summer slump and business starts picking up, right? Probably most importantly, football season starts, right? Listen to me. Hunting season starts. I mean, like when you start thinking about it, like August and, and September are way more of a new year of a start than really January is when it comes to the way our culture functions. And so what I want to do just for two weeks, this week and next week, 
is I, I want to kind of help you a little bit because I was thinking, okay, what kind of a message would help us as we roll into this season and we get into the, the busy season? Because even if you don't have kids, it still gets to be a busy season, right? Whether it be business or, or other things that are going on, it seems like activities. And if you live in the villages, like it's been really quiet. Now all of a sudden everybody comes back, it's going to be harder to get on the golf course. Right? So the, wherever you are, the season picks up. And so I want to talk to you this morning about a concept called margin. Margin. And here's the definition. Here's your fill-in. Margin is the space between my limit and my current pace. Margin is the space between my limit and my current pace. If you live your life to the limits, right? Like there's some of us that say that. I know I've said it in my life. Maybe it's you. People are like, oh, you need to get more sleep. And I'm like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like, right? I'm going to get everything I can out of life. I'm going to try to, right? And we do this. Like we're programmed that way. Our culture says live life to the full, fit it all in, all this sort of stuff. But if you live your life to the limits, there's a couple things that happen. One is your stress levels go up, right? For some reason, you just snap at the kids for no reason. You know, for some reason, your, your spouse says something. Would you like some water? No, I don't want any water. Right? Because we're pushing things to the limit and we're stressed out. Listen to me. Also, if we push ourselves to the limit, our focus narrows. What I mean by that is when we've got so much going on, we miss so many other of the big picture. There's so many of us that we've got so much going on, we can get ourselves where we're just plowing, trying to get through this to get to the next thing, to get to the next thing, get to, and we're missing the big picture. Our focus narrows. And, and, and probably the worst is relationships suffer. Our relationships, let me say it to you this way. You can't be efficient in relationships. Do you understand what I mean by that? Here, here's what I mean. We as dads, and, and we're probably the worst about this, we as dads will go, you know what, I'm, this Saturday from 8 to 9, I'm going to spend some quality time with my kids. That's a fallacy. That's wrong thinking. And here's what I mean. You can't produce quality time. Listen to me. Quality time comes out of quantity. You have to have quantity and all of a sudden quality time kicks in. You can't produce it. Right? And so you cannot be efficient with relationships. So what is it that causes us to push to the limit, to pack our schedules, to spend beyond our means, to overcommit ourselves? Anybody here have a problem saying no? Come on, be honest. Right? People ask you to do stuff, and I'm one of those. I'm one of the worst one of those. Uh, my wife and Pastor Ron are the two that look at me and go, would you stop it? Right? Because people come up with a good idea because everything seems good. Right? Right? We, you, you don't say yes because there's a bunch of bad things. You say yes because they seem good. And what Pastor Ron always has to say to me over and over again, he's one of the overseers of our church, and, and one of the things that he says to me all the time is, Stop choosing good and choose best. So, Mike, you can help with this project. I almost did it the other day. We're standing in the rock. We had a great meeting the other day on the rock. And uh, we're really excited about what God's going to do in that. I'll be telling you more about it coming up. But we had this kind of meeting of the minds the other day. And I drove all the way back from camp on Wednesday just for lunch meeting and then drove back. Um, but they were sitting there talking about their need for a chaplain for the football team. 
and they were talking about it, and I went, don't do it. You ain't got time to be going to away games on Friday. It sounds good, right? I'm like, man, but I could get in with those boys and get to know those boys, and man, the, the effect I could try to have, right? But we've got to learn to say no. What is it that makes us, what is it that makes Mike pack it, like feel like I need to do everything all the time and accomplish and I think there is an underlying emotion that we all need to recognize. When we recognize something, it's in that moment that we can actually make change, right? When you don't know what you don't know, that's when you're lost. But what I want to help you with today is something that, that I want each of you to kind of consider for yourself because there's one underlying fear, I think, the majority of the time that causes us to struggle. So if I said to you right now, What's an area of your life that is just jam-packed? And then I took a couple pieces of that and I said, I want you to take this out and this out. Here's the possible words you would say. I would do that, but I'm afraid that... What did I say? I'm, a, I'm afraid that... What's the emotion there? The emotion there is fear. Right? I, I, I'm going to have my daughter do gymnastics and soccer, and she's going to be in the key club, and she's going to do this, and she's going to do that, and she's going to do that. Well, why don't you cut a couple of those out? But if I do that, I'm afraid she won't be well-rounded. Right? If I, if I decide not to spend this money here, I will, well, I'm afraid that fear. Fear is what grips us and makes us feel like we've got to do more and more and more and more. And here's why. And these are the feelings there for you. It's fear of, one, missing out. Right? It's fear of missing out. Like, I don't want to miss out. Like, I, I want to be able to make sure that I've lived everything and done everything. And, you know, and, 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 and that whole struggle. Like, I don't want to miss out. FOMO. You know what FOMO is? Right? Fear of missing out. Right? FOMO. We have, we have this FOMO we see in, oh, I should do this, and well, what if I'm there, and what if that, and, and if I'm, and it, and it almost harkens back to our teenage years, when we were like, well, if our friends are going to the skate rink, I want to go to the skate rink, because I don't want to miss out, right? But we carry it right into our adulthood, in this concept of fear of missing out. The second thing we do is, it's, it's a fear of falling behind, right? And we talked about several weeks ago, the trap, the stronghold of comparison. And so we get on Instagram, right? We get on social media and we see some people, oh my gosh, they took their family to the mountains. Oh, are we falling behind in the way we're raising our family? And, and, and immediately we go into this crazy comparison game and, and Satan loves to just jack with our heads in this whole comparison thing that that we're falling behind, that we're not good enough, that we're not there. It's, it's fear. And then the last one is, is, is fear of not mattering. I, I think many of us really have this struggle with, do I matter? It's a significance issue. It's, it's, it goes back to that common question of, why am I here? What am I doing? But the feeling I want you to hear there that's in your notes is our fear of not mattering much draws us away from what matters 
most. Our fear of not mattering much draws us away from what matters most. And so I want to talk to you as we head into what is really the new year, right, in, in, in next month. I want to talk to you about being careful about making sure you have margin. About being careful that you're not trying to do everything, and especially some of us have multiple kids, right? So we got three teenagers that want to go this way and that way and this way and that way. And we want to say yes to it all, but it's not healthy for us to say yes to it all, right? We've got to learn to, to, to pick and choose and, and, and to make sure that there's margin. So I want to say this, although the word margin is not in the Bible, you're not, you're not going to find that per se in the Bible, this is a concept that is talked about throughout the New and Old Testament. If you notice when you read your Bible, if you're looking at a Bible now, you got margin around the outside of the words. You know why? Because if the words ran all the way to the edge, your eyes would not be able to handle it. Like it would, it, it, it would, you need margin. And the same thing is true of our lives. And the concept that is talked about over and over again in the Old Testament, New Testament, is faith versus fear. Faith versus fear. So what we need to understand <laughs> is that our lives, uh, they could look like this closet if there's no margin. When there's no margin, there's no time for relationship. There's not time for the things that really matter. There's no margin for financial failure. Listen to me. At some point, you're going to make a bad financial decision. But if you have no margin, then you're going to crash. Right? We, we, we need margin. And so the Bible talks about this over and over. And let me explain it to you this way. So if you remember the story, some of you may remember the story. Maybe you've never studied the Bible. But maybe you've had the, the Prince of Egypt. You've seen the cartoon. So we, we kind of know the story of them coming out of Egypt. So God's, God delivers his people out of Egypt. I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but he delivers his people out of Egypt, right? And all of their lives, how long, how long were they slaves? 400 years. So the people that he's delivering out have never known anything but slavery seven days a week. So what he's doing is bigger than just taking a people to a promised land. He has to reconstruct what it means to do society. He, God has to reconstruct for them what it means to live. And, and what it, that's why God gives the commandments. So many people just look at the commandments and all the, the law and the rules and we go, man, that's just a lot of do's and don'ts. But go back to the moment. And in the moment, God had to give them a framework of what it meant to operate in a culture, right? Because all they knew was slavery. For 400 years. That's all they had done. So he delivers them out, brings them into the promised land, and then he gives them some guidelines to live by. And I want to accent three of those guidelines so that I can show you how God talks about this concept of margin through faith and fear, faith versus fear, what that actually looks like. So he gives them a guideline of, and this is one of the guidelines, some of you may have heard this word, maybe you haven't, he gives them a guideline, and it's in the Ten Commandments. It's one of the great ten. And it's something called Sabbath. Sabbath. And what 
you have to understand is, is we go, when we read this concept of Sabbath, in our culture, in the Western culture, we go, well, yeah, we take Saturday and Sunday. Like, Friday comes, the whistle blows, I punch the clock, peace, I'm out. Right? And, and we have that concept as sort of a norm in our culture. I'll come back to that in a second. But I need you to think about what it was like to be slaves who all they knew was to work seven days a week or you got beat. And he says to them, hey guys, what I want you to do, what I need you to do is, I need you to take a day off. And I've got this picture of what it must have been like to be one of the Israelites for them to go, uh, excuse me? I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can do that. And some of you here have a hard time sitting still. Some of you have that same motor running. You have that same sort of thought process that, that runs inside of you that you go, you know what, I have a really hard time sitting still. And in some ways, listen to me, that's slave mentality. Because I'm a slave to what's driving me. I'm a slave to what's making me feel I gotta get up and I gotta move and I gotta do this and if I don't, I gotta produce, I gotta produce, I gotta produce, and the guy goes, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. I want you to sit still for a day. No, I I really want you to sit still for a day. God built that into their schedules and our schedules so that we would trust him. Because there's not a person here that can't fill that seventh day, right? Right? There are not enough hours in the day. Come on, somebody, right? If I could get about five or six more hours into the day, we were just sitting up here before service talking about, somebody said something about Mike being cloned, and I was like, dude, if I could clone me and we could go in two different directions, that'd be amazing, and I could double the day. But that's not going to happen for any one of us, unfortunately. Lucky for you. But you understand what I'm saying? But, 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 but listen to me. It's a matter of trust. What he said to the Israelites and what he says to you and to me is, this concept of Sabbath is about you trusting me. Work hard. I mean, work hard and do what you've got to do. But then I want you to take a day and I want you to sit still. And I want you to think of the things of me. I want you to reflect. This is why we come to church. This is why you're sitting here this morning. In some ways, I'm preaching to the choir. Except for, listen to me, except for what you're going to do after this. Because if you're going, Pastor Mike, uh, if you could get this wrapped up, I got a couple things I'd like to finish up before I get to Monday morning. Listen, hear me. Then we're outside of the reality. Here, you know what's driving? What's driving there in that moment? What's driving? Fear. Right? If I don't get this done, this is going to happen. If I <laughs> fear, fear, Satan's got a hold and this stronghold on each and every one of us in that scenario. And God says, no, 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 no. This is how I want you to show faith. Right? This is, this is how I want you to, to overcome your fear and place your trust in me. I want you to take a Sabbath. 
a day where you set it aside. And I want to ask you to consider doing something. Because I, I, I want to give you something practical. You guys know I try to give you something you can grab a hold of on Monday morning, right? And so here's what I want to ask you to consider to incorporate into your family if you haven't already. And that is what you will call a Sabbath meal. Pick a day. It doesn't have to be, it can be Friday night, which was the original Sabbath. It can be Sunday night. It can be, you do it on Sunday after church kind of a deal. I want you to pick a day and I want you to consider having a Sabbath meal. And I want you to call it a Sabbath meal. Why? Because if you've got kids, you're teaching your kids this principle right? That you will always, if you trust God and you have faith in him and you keep your eye on him, you will always get more done in six days giving him a Sabbath than you will in seven. Always. Always. Why? Because God looks at you and says, if you'll give me the seventh, I'll bless the sixth. If you give me the seventh, and you show that I'm, I, I'm more important than the to-do list, then I'll bless the rest. If you'll trust me with what you haven't gotten done, and I'm not saying it's easy, I'm saying you're going to get to the seventh day and still have a pile of a to-do list, right? And you go, you know what, God? I did everything that I could do this week. I'm giving this lift, lift, list to you and giving you this day. I promise you, God will do things that just will absolutely blow your mind. So I want to ask you to incorporate a Sabbath meal. Now, here's a couple things that I'd like to suggest that you do at a Sabbath meal. If it's a family setting, Dad, I'm going to ask you to pray a blessing over Mom. Right? Mom, I'm going to ask you to pray a blessing over your kids, and then I want you to take a few moments to speak affirming words. I want you to take a few moments to say, this is what I saw this week that I really loved. This is what I saw this week that I like. Because if you're a parent like I parent, unfortunately what comes out of my mouth more often is, why'd you do that? And I can't believe you did. <laughs> right? Like we had this really hard time turning around and going, you know what, that was a good, that was a good decision. And so I just, I want to suggest now, if you're, if you're married and you don't have any kids, still husbands, pray over your wives. Maybe wives, pray over your husbands. Maybe speak affirming words to each other. But I, I want to challenge you to really consider this idea because this is what God has put into place, I think not just for the old, but for today. That we trust Him. It's faith or fear. Here's another area that God gave them, and this was, a, this was a law that was given back then to the Israelites and I think still carries through today, and that is the tithe. Now, don't freak out. I'm not going to get into a money teaching or any of that kind of thing. But here's what I mean by that. Back in that day, what they would do is they didn't have banks, right? There wasn't like the, you know, Jewish bank of kebab that you could go drop or whatever your money in, right, kind of deal. There was nothing like that. So this is what they would do. They would actually take a tenth of whatever came in the house. Now, listen to me. Whatever came in the house, whatever their increase was, whatever they got, they would take 10% of that and they would put it in a box. And that box would sit there and that box was a reminder of this is what goes to God's work. This is what, and they would see that sitting there as a reflection. And there was a trust. There was a trust in, you know what, God, we're going to give, we're giving this to you. And so I, I want you to understand the idea of tithe. The, the idea there is margin. 
The idea there is trust, is, is do we trust God with our finances? Or have we taken control of our finances because of fear? So, we get a raise, we get a new job, and we go, ah, I think I'll start this tithing thing. And then we get our check, and we go to write a check for 10%. We go, what? Do you know how much that is? 10%. But what if I give 10%? I'm afraid that, and fear sets in. Right? Now let me speak to the other part of it. The other part of it is this. The other part of it is we've, we've learned distrust of the church. We've learned to distrust people. Right? And so we go, well, I don't know about giving. And, and, and can I, I'll just say this to you bluntly. If you're at a church that you have a hard time trusting them with your tithe, you need to find a different church. And, and, and I just, I need to say that to you bluntly. Uh, because the reality of it is, listen, you're not giving it to the church. You're doing it as an act to God. And you trust God to bring judgment where there needs to be judgment and stewardship where there needs to be stewardship. And the reality of that. So, so we can't control it either, right? When we, when we try to control it, I don't think you can call it a tithe anymore. And so God has given this, listen to me, for us to understand this concept of having margin, right? A, a budget, faith versus fear. One more example I want to give you that was given back then that I think we can, we can kind of bring into modern day, and that was the idea of gleaning, the idea of gleaning. So if you've ever read the, the story of Ruth, okay? Um, Ruth, uh, they struggled. They came on hard times. And she came and she asked if she could glean from the rich man's farm. And there's this, this, uh, this in Deuteronomy 24, gives a little bit of description of this. It says, when you're harvesting in your fields and you overlook a sheep, right? So picture us like we're, if you're a farmer and you're like, you know, picking the corn or picking whatever it is, and you drop one, what do you say? Hey, go back, go back and get that one. Don't, don't forget that one. Don't miss that one. But what the Scripture says here, listen to me, is if you overlook a, a sheep, do not go back and get it. Leave it for the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. The idea of gleaning was that they would leave some margin in what they did to help those that are suffering. They would leave some margin in what they did so that the foreigner, the fatherless, those that were hurting or struggling at that time would have a little bit extra. Do you hear how that goes? But you and I, in our American culture, trying to strive, I need this and I need that and I need this, when really we should change that word and say, I want this and I want that and I want this. We have pro we've been programmed because we fear of missing out we fear of falling behind everyone else. You know, I, we, we don't do vacations like they, don't, they do vacations. And we don't this and we don't. And so we chase and we chase and we chase stuff, 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 stuff. And then we lose this concept of trust. And we fall into the trap of this world of fear. And what I'm feeling the Holy Spirit wanting me to say to you this morning what if you started this new year starting next, next month and built in some margin? Maybe it's time to sit down again and reevaluate some of these areas. 
And what I mean by that is Sabbath is really about time. Right? How, are we, how am I spending my time? Is it the best? Not good, but the best. Because let me just tell you, the best use of your time is in the presence of God. That's the best. And yet, quite honestly, that's what gets our last or our leftovers most of the time. Right? We choose good, fun, pleasing, leisure, whatever, and trade away the best in the way that we use our time, Sabbath. I encourage you to think about maintaining a Sabbath and having a Sabbath meal that's structured. And then when it comes to our finances, the reality of tithing is it's not about the church and it's not about Mike or any other things that we, that Satan loves to make us, you know, jack our mind up in the way that we think about those things. No, 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 this is about margin. This is about reminding me that everything I have is God's. And so I set this aside because I go, you know what, God? I, I, I trust you. It's a faith thing, right? It's, it's a thing where I just go, you know what? I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it open-handed. Here it is so that I can see you work in the margins. I think God works in the margins. You know why teenagers connected with God this week? Because of margins. First rule I told him when we got to the, to the meeting was, no electronics. Oh my God. Right? I mean, you thought I shot him. Right? No cell phones. Oh my God. My thumbs are going to fall apart. Right? Listen to me. The reason there were teenagers sitting at the altar for two hours worshiping and on their face before God is because we created margin. It's because we created a space for them outside the distractions of this world, outside all the pressures and the comparison. They weren't on social media comparing. Did you hear? Did you hear? Some of the kids that said, no, what, I, what I learned was that I don't need to worry about what everybody thinks when I worship. Did you hear that one? That's, that's, that's you know what? I got away from social media. I, I got away from the games and, and all the silly stuff and the texting back and forth. Listen, is there margin to the way your child uses a screen? There should be margin. Is there margin in the way that you're using a screen? The average American spends, um, the last I saw it, spends seven years of their life watching TV. Seven years. I mean, think that through, right? But to create margin, God wants to be in that space. And it's in that space that we trust him. Does that make sense? It's in that space that we show our trust and we push our fear aside and say, the things of this world can wait. The things of this world do not weigh as heavy. The things of this world will go away, will burn away at the end. But my relationship with God is eternal. Matthew 6 and 31, it says this, listen. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat? And what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Listen to me. Do you think God forgot that you don't want to be naked? Do you think that God forgot that you need to eat? Do you think that God... But listen, 
but he didn't. And the scripture says, build some margin in, pull yourself away from. What does it say in verse 33? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. And so I want to challenge you. I feel like it's a, like this is like a, almost a January 1st message because it's a new year, right? It's the start of this something new. And I want to challenge you and push you to think about as, as we start cranking into school time and business and things start picking up and all things start happening over the next few months. Where's the margin? In other words, where's the trust overcoming my fear? The ability for me to put it all down because I don't want you to trade peace for progress and prosperity. Don't trade peace for progress and prosperity. Now let me say it to you this way as well, because I think this needs to be said to a younger generation. I struggled a little bit with this message, to be blunt. Because I think sometimes the younger generation has a tendency to take too much leisure time. Now hear me on this, young people. I think there's a lot of kids out there that are going, well, you know what, if I work part-time, I got enough that I can, like, pay the bills and then I can go play, you know, disc golf all day long. And at some point, listen to me, we're supposed to work. Like, and that's why I'm going to follow up this series with a series called Made for Mondays because we're going to balance this. Are, Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are supposed to work for six days. We are supposed to get it done for six days, right? I see the Wyatts, they're my neighbors, get up every day, head out with their landscaping and out there in the heat. Right? We're supposed to get it done. We're supposed to do th- those things. But when it comes time, we've got to have margin. And so let me also say it this way. Don't trade peace for pleasure. There's a difference. Don't trade peace for pleasure either. In other words, you can't call it margin just because you went and tried to have some fun. Because if you're like me, I love going to the beach. Our family loves going to the beach. We built a beach trailer um, we have take a, we took a motorcycle trailer. It was my motorcycle trailer, covered trailer, built-in racks, and we put our paddle boards all stacked in, and kayak, sea kayak, and we got a grill, and we got everything you could want for the beach. And we pull up on the beach in New Smyrna, and we spend all day long. I was working on this series, and I pulled my wife in and said, "Hey, let's talk about margin a little bit for us." And she said, "Do you feel refreshed when we go to the beach?" And I said, "No." But you know what? That's the way we've been spending our Sabbath. And I realized. So what happens on beach day is Mike gets up and goes and gets the trailer and loads paddle boards and sweats like crazy. And then we're yelling at kids, let's go, get in the car, and we do all this kind of stuff. And then we go to the beach, and then what do I do? I exhaust myself surfing for hours. Then I come up and pull the grill out, and I grill hamburgers and do all this kind of stuff. I mean, by the time we get home, I'm like... Don't mistake margin for pleasure. Listen, play hard, man. Work hard and play hard. I'm all about it. But can I ask you to also ask to add into that margin hard? Like work hard, play hard, but, but margin. We've got to have a place. You've got to figure out what it is that refreshes your soul. And I will tell you this. There is nothing that refreshes your soul like the presence of God. So you have to figure out for you what does that look like? I want to challenge you as we start this new school year 
practice schedules, roads getting busy, right? Harder to get around town, business picking up, blah, 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 all that stuff to make sure that you have margin and to understand its purpose. Because its purpose is to overcome your fear. And to show God, I'm with you, I trust you. And so let me give you two, two closing thoughts and we'll close this out. The way that I want you to consider using the margin is one of two ways. Number one is intimate time with God. Intimate time with God. Hear me, I didn't say pick up one of those little devotionals and read it and check off that, yep, got my devotional done today. You need a connection with your Heavenly Father. You need a connection that does something to your soul that you could never fathom. Right? I have been in some foul moods and then taken one worship song, put it in my ears, and walked our neighborhood, and my whole world changed. Why? Because in that moment, I, I touched God. In, in that moment, I had an opportunity to be in his presence. What did it say in Matthew 6.33? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be given to you. Moms, listen to me. I know life's about to get crazy. Please schedule some margin in. Can I give you permission? It's okay to say no. It's okay to look at your kids and go, no, you can't play that sport this year. It's okay for you not to keep up when you got, some of us have parents that think our kids should be doing 1,400 things. And we feel pressure from family, and we feel pressure from here or there, and all these things that we're supposed to be doing. Can I tell you it's okay to say no? Find healthy margin for your family, because what is way more critical is that your family sits at the dinner table than that your kid can kick a ball around and get a scholarship. Way more important. Matter of fact, the research backs it up, that if you sit at the table, everything changes in that kid's life. And so that's a way for you to do that. Number two is this intentional times of rest intentional times of rest Matthew 11 and 28 come to me all who are weary and burdened boy anybody felt that a little bit lately and I'll give you rest real rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul So let me ask you the question, where do you need margin? Where is it that you need to say no? You're a college student, you're packing your schedule out, and you need to take one less class, and it's okay that you don't finish a semester early. You're a business owner, and if I make that one more sale, then this could happen in the business, but I'm not sitting at the dinner table with my kids, don't trade. Don't trade. Don't trade. It's not worth it. Put the margin in and put it in first. Your time with God, your time in his presence, your time hearing his word. Jen and I talk about it all the time. We see people that will like come to church and then all of a sudden like they'll miss a Sunday and then they'll come and then they'll miss a couple Sundays and then they'll come and they'll miss three more Sundays and you slowly watch them kind of fade away and you think what's the big deal like 
Why, why, why are they? And it's as simple as, listen to me, sitting here today, you're hearing God's word spoken. How do we change? What did it say? It says change the way you think. You're hearing new ideas today. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so Jen and I were talking about the reality that there are times we've been in churches that were just flat boring. Come on, anybody ever been in a boring church? Right? You just kind of been in a church where you're like, okay, big boy, you're real excited about God, aren't you? Because he's like, and God said, right? But listen, even in that scenario, when I look back over my life, I was having God's word spoken over me. My spirit was still receiving, do you hear me? My mind was still receiving different thoughts about the way life works. And so just showing up makes the difference to be in his presence. And he wants you to show up with him tomorrow morning. He wants you to sit down and, and be, I know, the kids, and listen to me, train your kids, lock the door. I don't let them beat on the door. I don't care. Lock the door. Like, do what you got to do or figure it out. That, that You've got to have some, some space to connect with God. You've got to have some margin. And I won't get too far into the finances, but you've got to have some margin in your finances. Maybe somebody here who needs to downsize. Because we're, we're chasing things. We're chasing stuff. And we've got ourselves to where our budget is just maxed out. And, man, all it's going to take is one little, you know, something in the car having to be fixed and we're in disaster zone using credit cards running interest well listen listen we all need to think about creating some margin maybe that car needs to go back and i need to put something that's a little more reasonable for what i make and so i just i want you to consider as you go into this year because everything around you is going to say starting next month go 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 and what i want you to hear the holy spirit say is sit still sit still sit still Find some margin in me. Rest in me. Let me take care of the six. Just give me one. Give me, give me that ability to show you my power. Trust me. Let go of the fear. The fear inside of you that says, yeah, but you know, financially, if we don't do this, we're going to lose this. And, uh, uh, that, man, that's just that's slavery. Right? And so release that today. Where is it that you need some some margin today? Where is it that you need to get out from under what this world has made a rat race for you and prioritize what it really is that matters and what really is that matters in your home and in your heart is peace. Don't trade peace for progress and prosperity. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you for your word today and for your challenge for all of us, for me, God to sit still to be quiet to learn to rest to learn to trust to trust you I acknowledge God sometimes I think I just give lip service to the fact that you're God and you're in control because sometimes I don't live like it I live like it's all on my shoulders I live like it all depends on me to do it all. And so I take that off. And your word says your yoke is easy. I take on your yoke. And I rest in you. I choose, God. Would you empower each of us to start to put margin and create margin in the areas of our lives that we need to put so we can be healthier. 
so we can be more productive in six than we were in seven. Thank you, God, for this challenge. Now empower us through your Holy Spirit to go and to put into play what you have taught and spoken to us today. We ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.